the familiar uh, story of how our Lord was tempted by Satan in the desert. And it seems as though, or it sounds like we're not given all of the temptations, but we're given, or we're told of three. Um, the first, of course, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry. And so the first temptation was to make bread, right? To satisfy his physical hunger. The second temptation was to power. Satan was tempting him that he would give him power over the world. And then the third temptation was to sort of forget who he was, to forget that he was God, right? To forget his true nature, to think that he could throw himself down and would need to be saved. And these, I think, are given to us really as a, a bit of an analogy for our own lives. So when we look at temptation in our own life, right, the, the allure to do something that we know we should not do, there's, there's many things in each person's life. But when we look at these three, they, they do kind of thread through a lot of them. The first, the temptation to make bread out of stones. In other words, take care of yourself first. Take care of your, your, your physical nature. Secure your physical good, as it were. Right? This, this might be all of the cares that we happen to have in the world. Right? Take care of ourselves first. It's sort of a, a bit of a temptation towards selfishness. Provide for yourself as though this life is all there is, right? Focusing on the physical with a neglect to the spiritual. And that's certainly a temptation that all of us have, you know? And, and Lent is, a, is principally the time that we remember, oh, I need to come back to the Lord. I do need the Lord. Why do I need the Lord? Because I'm not merely a, spirit, a, a physical being, I'm also a spiritual being. The Lord created me and I'm going back to him. Bread. The temptation to power, of course, is very similar. If you really think about it, they're all temptations to power, a misuse of God's power. But the second one is a temptation to grasp onto worldly power, as if Jesus already didn't have power, right? So one of the things about, about Satan is that the way he tempts us is with something that is true, but not completely true. So perhaps it was true that he could give worldly power, but what's not true about the temptation is that the Lord already had all of the power. He's God. He doesn't need to be given power, let alone by Satan or from Satan. So the temptation, though, to power, not just securing our, our physical needs like the bread, but Power gives us, of course, leverage over other people, right? We can misuse our authority over other people. Um, and this can happen in, in plenty of ways, um, as parents, as siblings, as priests, as deacon, as bishops. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Anybody who has responsibility can misuse the responsibility. And there's a temptation that comes with doing that, or you know, perhaps, perhaps we just sometimes, I think, forget what we're called to. So even if you think about parenting itself, 
the greatest good of parenting is that you are given your children for a time to prepare them to go back to God. That your principal duty is not to get them into the right school, is not to, you know, do any of those things. I mean, those are all good things, but the principal duty is always spiritual. If your children don't know the Lord, then you're, you're failing as a parent. You're just, you're failing. It's your job to bring them to the Lord. And of course, you might say, well, Father, why are you making me feel bad? You're the one who promised it at their baptism. No one made you do it. No one made you have kids either. <laughs> well, yeah. But at, your, at their baptism, right, you promise. Actually, when you got married in the church, you promised. So I'm just reminding you. But we all have that, right? We all have responsibilities. We all carry great burdens. And sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't do as well as we could. And again, Lent is a time to re remind ourselves, okay, I can do better. And that it's okay. It, it would be worse if we never realized it. It would be worse if we, you know, grew deaf to the call of our responsibilities to try to do better. We don't need to be perfect, but we at least need to be trying. We need be, to be pursuing the greatest good, who is God. So, you know, physical needs, power, the responsibilities we have, the, the proper exercise of that responsibility. And then lastly, and I think this is really the most important one, Satan was sort of trying to tempt Jesus to forget who he was, to forget his true nature, right? So he's, he's saying, if you would worship me, I will not only give you all of this, all of this, but also I'm going to tempt you to put your life at risk and forget that you are in fact divine. I mean, God can't, you know, sort of lose his life. Now you might say, well, what about the cross? Well, it's a temptation to think of himself as only human that he would throw himself down and be harmed, right? It's a temptation to forget that he's actually also fully divine. And all of the temptations then would place him underneath one who is created, namely a fallen angel, forgetting who he is. And I think that this is a, a good analogy for what happens to us when we do sin or we fall off track or we get off, get off track is we forget who we are. We forget who we really are in our true nature, that we are sons and daughters of God, that he has created us to be close to him. And so the sin or focusing on the mere guilt or the potential punishment, I mean, all of that is operative, but the main thing is why do we want to pursue what is good? Why do we desire the good and then we fail and we recognize we fail, but we, we keep trying to pursue the good because we're trying to live true to our nature as created beings of God. That's why the pull is always back toward the good. And when we fail, we know we failed. And it's, it's very easy to then, especially if the sin multiplies, to stay in that shame and guilt and forget who we are. Do you remember the parable of uh, the prodigal son? I'll just remind you. 
So it might come up one of these Sundays of Lent, I forget. But anyway, um, so the son asks for his, his inheritance, right, from the father, which is basically like saying to his father, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. And then he goes off, spends it all. And the only job he can get is feeding the pigs. He's feeding the pigs. And then he remembers, wait a second. I could just go home to my father and I would have everything I want. Like the the people who work for my father have it better than me. It couldn't get worse than this. And he remembered who he was as a son. And he went back to his father. And then there's that line in the prodigal son. It's just an amazing line. You know, the father would go out and look in the distance where his son had left, where his son had went. You get the sense that he would look every day, longing for his return. And so then we're told, the son starts to come back. And while he was a long ways off, his father, father caught sight of him and came running to him. This is so important that we understand how our God sees us. He's not just waiting for us to do everything. All that, all that the son had to do was turn around and start in the right direction. Remember who he was. And the father came running to him. It's not nearly as hard as we think it is sometimes, you know, to do the right thing, to live a godly life. We certainly fail. But all it really takes is a turning around, which is what conversion means, a turning around to, to the Lord, a desire to come back, and he comes running for us. So as we begin this Lent, you know, let's look at, I don't know, some of those, some of those examples. I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me, and it's a long list. I've already messed it up, like the second day. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> okay, tomorrow. All right, yeah. So, but whatever it is, it's okay that we have things. The Lord knows this. He's built it. He's built the whole system to work so that it it works toward our favor that we are going to fail, that we are going to sin, that we are going to fall away. But the whole thing he has set up, life itself, is geared toward reconciliation with him. And so maybe just even find one thing that you want to work on this Lent. Just one thing. Could be a parenting thing, could be a sibling thing, could be, I don't know, could be a, a zillion things. But maybe just try to focus on one thing to try to get better, to move the needle a little bit and just see how God's grace can begin to change your life.